it's December. It's week 48 of You Little. Nobody told me there'd be a dragon. You know what that means. It means we're joined by Michael Clark Duncan today. Oh, <laughs> hello. I, my voice isn't like, it's just kind of monotone though. Should I, should I be talking like this? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, my laughs are going to be so weird if they pick up. I heard it, and uh, they just they it might sounded not pick pretty up. funny to me. Oh. All right, so you're you're Mickey Mouse, and I'm Michael Clark Duncan. That sounds good. What a combo! <laughs> what a combo! Hi, welcome to Doolittle, View Little, Week Forty Eight. That means we have ten more weeks left. No, thank goodness it doesn't mean that. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna leave your laughs in. They're really funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying. No, I know. If uh, if Doolittle lost his voice, that would be that would have been good. We yeah, he loses that. his voice at the dragon, and then he's like, "My apprentice, you're the only one who can help us out here." But he can't speak dragon. He could only tell Stubbins that with uh, sign language. Sign language, right? Uh, and then everyone gets eaten. And then Moonfly comes forward and says, I've read the papers on dragons. Moonfly gets the fruit back and he gives it to the queen and reveals, what's his name, Badgley as the... Lord Badgley tried to poison you. Hey, give me one second. I gotta open the door for Shy. Okay. I think it's locked. One. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Been one second. <laughs> now returning. Uh, yeah. So you had a very interesting theory today in uh, in the midst of watching Doolittle, and I wanted to wait until uh, Bod, as they say, to, to dig into discuss it. it. Yeah. Frank what I what? said was, <laughs> I said. Have we considered Lady Rose isn't actually real? Which I think is a good thing, a good consideration. Now, I want you to really dive into this. Like, what do you mean by that? <laughs> um, What I mean by that is, as a character, is she just perhaps a figment of Stubbins' imagination? Or perhaps a spirit guide slash guardian? Uh, <laughs> spirit guide slash guardian? Yeah, where she... um. She's leading Stubbins through this, uh, but she's not She's not actually of our world. Perhaps she's the, this is sort of Shannara Chronicles-y, but maybe she's the uh, physical manifestation of the spirit of the Eden tree. <laughs> that is a little Shannara's Chronically. But when we think about what she really does. Not much. The only interaction that perhaps she isn't just a fever dream of the queen on her sick deathbed. Is whenever Sir Gareth says, Welcome home, milady, as he opens the door of the carriage. But it could just be that Sir Gareth always says this whenever a carriage pulls up. His go to line could be, Welcome home, milady. It could be like a polite thing to do. Okay, so let's say she's a, a spirit guide. Mm hmm. And that would make sense for Doolittle having a whole ass conversation with her multiple times. <laughs> Maybe she's so Doolittle's spirit guide. Um, no, she appears to exactly those who need her. Oh, okay, yeah. Which is the queen, 
Stubbins and Doolittle. And that's why Doolittle can't see her once he has agreed to to help her out. And then uh, for Gareth, he's actually saying that to a, a ladybug. You know, oh. It's a blink if you mi- and you miss it. Later in the movie, he says, I've spoken to ladybugs before they fly away. And he's saying, welcome home, my lady. He's talking about the ladybug. That's he did some blink and you miss it moment. But when they open the door. There's a, there's a ladybug on the side of the carriage. You can just see it. Yeah. So he's, he says, my ladybug, welcome home. Yeah, that's a good joke. Yep. Just the idea of that Stubbins hallucinating his girlfriend is, is really funny to me. <laughs> I've been there, man. Uh, he has a girlfriend, and he can even talk to her, too. You're all cured now. I suppose that Lady Rose doesn't... There's too many characters who interact with her for her to work very well as a character who's not actually real. That's but why perhaps, I was waiting for your explanation. Perhaps because that's, Stubbins... Is a figure of Doolittle's imagination. Or he's, this is uh, another possibility. Maybe Stubbins is actually a hunting dog. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything he does in the movie that is not something that a hunting dog could do? Well, he shoots the ground. That's true, but maybe maybe Arnold (laughs) Stubbins is teaching his dog (laughs) to shoot a gun. I I know they're called hunting dogs, but they're not actually (laughs) the ones who shoot the guns. Uh, isn't isn't that what happens in the game Duck Hunt? Don't you play as a dog? No, the dog taunts you. Oh, yeah. It taunts you when you miss shots and stuff. Well, you know what? You might be onto something, and maybe his actual son is a dog as well because he's... Yeah, that's sort of what I'm thinking. Okay, yeah, okay. They're he actually, is teaching they're his animals dog how to are, shoot a gun. Who think they're humans. Or maybe he's not... Maybe, you know, maybe Stubbins the dog feels like he's shooting the gun but actually arnold stubbins is the one shooting the dog and he's trying to make the dog adjust to having a gun go off you know he's what trying i to think train it how to shoot you know what i think what i think we're missing backstory of the stubbins family yeah we absolutely are so originally him and his arnold stubbins and his wife uh they couldn't have kids so they visited uh, like a, their local, uh, their local witch, and they're like, "Hey, like, we, I'm not able to have kids. We tried so many times. Isn't there a way we could like work around this?" And, and she says, "Through magic, she turns their two dogs into boys. <laughs> their two hunting dogs. <laughs> I actually believe this is true." Yeah, it's pretty good. And that's why uh, Stubbins Jr. has such dog energy. And why he's willing to run out and flush out the ducks. Right. Good plan, Dad. Like, that's such a dog energy. And actual Stubbins, um, he's their nephew. It's why. It's also why the cousin doesn't really have any speaking lines except for that one. Yeah. So maybe with actual Stubbins, he is... Uh, he's a he's, dog boy. I was gonna say he's like a cat or he's like yeah, he's a cat and he was the he's he's their nephew in some way. So it's from the other sister. They turned all of the pets in the family into boys. Into boys. <laughs> and so then they had to The reason why Stubbins was said to live his, with uh, his sister in law his sister in law didn't want a boy, she wanted a dog. No. No, I got something even better. 
the reason why <laughs> Stubbins was sent to live with them is because their other dog just had a litter of 12. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and now suddenly they have 12 babies. <laughs> they have 12 boys. 12 baby boys. And they're like, you have to take this one. This is your curse. You've done this. You turned all of the dogs into all the dogs and the into boys. babies. <laughs> That's good. I like that lore. It's sort of, you know, turning Doolittle into more of a grim fairy tale. It's it's a fun direction. I like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It has no bearing with the rest of the plot. <laughs> it's just the backstory that, you know, if you don't listen to the characters in the town, uh, if mm-hmm. you don't catch what they're saying, because they have a pretty uh, lengthy conversation where they all talk over each other. If you don't. Uh, he was. He was a dog before, and now he's a boy. Oh, he was indeed. Yeah, that's it. Blink and you miss it. And honestly, that's how you know that a book or a movie or a story is really good, is that the people have, they've developed it in the background, and they have so much world building that never sees uh, the silver screen. If you, if you don't catch one thing, you miss the entire plot point. Mm-hmm. If you, oh, if yeah, you that too. Right. walk away for you know 10 seconds or you just aren't paying attention to the very quiet dialogue well that's the thing about movies is that you know uh they're adaptations of things and you can't fit everything in so you have to make some concessions here and there but it's just nice to know that you know they leave it some nods in there to people who do want to know more about the backstory the dog is licking the queen so aside from uh, fake characters and dog boys, what else jumped out for you for week 48 of Doolittle? Um, so we were talking about this during it. How Barry, I think that uh, so when Barry gets knocked out or when Rizzoli gives him a boat, right? Rizzoli uh, I, I got steps, two things steps here. forward to Doolittle and says, uh, I have a ship that you can take. Do what it looks at. He's like that. It has no sails. It won't work. And then Rizzoli's how are we supposed like, to sail this boat? Rizzoli's like, well, there's something on your ship that might help, and I have divers who can get it for you, on one condition. And then Barry emerges. You really like the Frogman of space. I really like the Frogman <laughs> of Monte Verde, Frank. Frogman of Monte Verde, right? Very he sends, different. The he sends his divers. The Toad Man. <laughs> He sends his divers to the bottom of the harbor. And, and they retrieve the whale machine. They retrieve the whale machine. And then uh, they, they have to take Barry as part of that. And then when they go to Eden Island, uh, Barry stays behind. He becomes the new guardian of the Eden route. Yeah. That would be a really nice little ending for Barry. Instead yeah, of- that part, like legitimately, I think it could work. Because you're not leaving a character unresolved, and it and it would be a nice little nod. He, and he doesn't have to do anything really. He no longer has to execute prisoners in the uh, dungeons of Monteverde. He gets to guard fruit. Look at me now, mother, guarding the Eden fruits with my life. <laughs> that would be a really nice after credit scene. You could see. Barry talking on the, a cell phone to his mom saying, <laughs> I've really made it now. I'm the guardian of the Eden fruit. 
I'm really trying to laugh, I promise. <laughs> well, with the new procedure I've had to make my voice deeper, I'm unable to laugh or cry. The voice filter that you have put on? <laughs> no, it's it, they uh, they cut my vocal cords and uh, sew them back together, but in half this time, so now it's deeper. Oh, of course. Right. And they extended it. Yeah, they made it twice as long, my vocal cords. So now that's just why my really voice stretched is so deep. about. What happened was you were eating uh, the wishbone of a turkey. Everyone's going, no, you're yeah. not supposed to eat the wishbone of a turkey. And then it got stuck in your vocal cords. So they had to. Yeah. Also, the beak of the Turkraken. <laughs> Turkraken, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was an experience. Uh, for So for Thanksgiving, my sister had this idea to put an octopus inside of a turkey. Apparently, it's all the rage. It's all the rage, is it? Uh, I, I guess so, yeah. It's yeah. like a, a thing. So we cooked an octopus, and I was in charge of putting inside the turkey. I have a question for you. Yeah. Were you quoting Moodfly while doing it? I'm not. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, talking, I was to, talking the squid. to the squid. Because <laughs> you're grilling the octopus. You really like this, don't you? <laughs> And well, again, I wasn't talking to the squid. Are you okay over there? So I feel like we kind of cheated because we didn't like, I feel like after we stuffed it inside, we should have like baked it for a little, just to like really seal the union of octopus and turkey. Mm -hmm. But no, uh, the octopus itself, I think would be good if you didn't grill it whole and instead had it in pieces. <laughs> Because like the, the smaller bits of the tentacle were really, really good. And then the larger pieces were a little uh, undercooked and rubbery. Tasted good, though. That's, um, um... Yeah, but I mean, make yourself a Turkraken. It's worth it. If the Turkraken had appeared in Doolittle as a real creature, I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, I've been like, trying to imagine what a Turkraken would look like. It would be a feathered sea beast. It, it because it's like literally a, a turkey with tentacles coming out of its asshole. So I don't know how that translates. Um, a water traveling turkey. Yeah, with an ink sack. I think that that's what should have sunk the ship. Actually, I think that the British should have created. Oh no, it. the Kraken's here, and the, and then the camera pans down to the water, and they're all looking. And, and then it's a someone's turkey. like, "No, in the sky!" And the giant turkey ascends. It's with flying. The tentacles wrap around the boat. Yeah, and drag it up into the sky. <laughs> drag it up into the sky. I like that a lot. Yeah. And the animals are still on the boat, so they have to go to the layer of the turducken. Tur. Turducken. Turducken. Turducken is something. Turducken is a duck inside of a turkey. Yeah, that's right. If you ask me, I think that. <laughs> It would be better if it was a termeo. Termeo? Yeah. What's that? It's just a turkey that's filled with mayo. <laughs> a mayonnaise. A mayonnaise stuffed turkey. <laughs> God damn it, you're killing me. <laughs> You stuff the mayonnaise. Oh my god. Could you imagine cutting that fucker open? <laughs> Steaming mayonnaise. 
steaming mayonnaise just starts spurting out. Frank, that would look so disgusting because it would just be, it would look like someone did, you know, the turkey was pre-used. Oh, God, that'd be so gross. It'd be so funny. Ah, just... Revolting. Somebody tears off a drumstick and mayo starts leaking out. Oh man! My family just can't get enough of this mayo. <laughs> First, what you do is you you heat up your your vat of lard to three hundred degrees and you dunk your turkey in it. I bet someone's done that before. A hundred percent. Yeah, termeo or a termeo. Yeah, yeah, no. I, we also, do probably heating up a bucket of lard to three hundred degrees, as well. But we we typically do a termeo in that fashion, <laughs> right? But this every year, Thanksgiving, you, that's a family tradition. You went with the turkraken instead. Yeah, because that's our favorite uh, seasoning. Mm-hmm. It was mayo and butter, and then corn as well. Uh, what What did you take away from Doolittle this week? I took away that, wow, I can't believe it's December. I can't believe it's not butter. I can't believe it's not butter. It's mayo. Uh, <laughs> my notes here say uh, Michael Clark Duncan and Mickey Mouse joined the pod. Yeah, that's right. And uh, did, you write, did you write that before? Because you didn't let me in on that joke. <laughs> no, I did write that before. What's your other note? Moodfly should speak dragon. He read the paper. Yeah, he should. And then after that, it says, have we considered Lady Rose isn't actually real? Yeah, that's good, too. We've discussed all this. Yeah. That's it. Have we considered Stubbins is actually a hunting dog? Yeah, we have considered that. That concludes my notes. Well, From the shoot. 48th watch of Doolittle. I had the Rizzoli bit. Um, have we considered that he's actually a, a frogman? <laughs> that Rizzoli is actually... Uh, a frogman i just want the frogman of spain to be in more things specifically that character specifically antonio banderas at the beach (laughs) let's see you uh frank it's been a while since we've had a a character to this movie oh boy do you have one are we adding one so it's thanksgiving and now we're moving into christmas so give me like a seasonal animal oh we need a seasonal animal yeah, and you know what I'm thinking is yeah, I know what you're thinking. A Doolittle Christmas special. Yeah, on ABC's. Uh, yeah, yeah, on ABC at twenty five movies before Christmas happens. Scheduling that they do in December on on ABC Family. That's the one. ABC right? Family, yeah, and. Uh, Santa Claus has a sick reindeer. So he, yeah, yeah, that's why he brings in Doctor Doolittle. Doctor Doolittle comes up to the North Pole. Doctor Doolittle, it's sleigh crashes into Doolittle's manor, and oh, everyone, all of my reindeer—they have broken legs. Yeah, the reindeer get injured, and he's like, "Nah." On Buckingham Palace, actually, because the Queen is so good that they're delivering so many presents. Yeah, they they crash when they land on Buckingham Palace. There's so many, so many uh, bags of coal that the weight of it. (laughs) (laughs) This is for the royal family. This is just like ten tons of coal, and the royal family is thrilled because they need it for industry. Yeah, yeah, the coal is actually very helpful in their case. 
but Santa, he, you know, he's not gonna. He doesn't realize. He thinks that it's it's you know, traditional. This is bad. He can't go outside of his job, right? So he delivers bundles, uh, tons and tons of coal. But in fact, tires not many people know this, but that trend of Santa delivering uh, coal mm-hmm. is actually uh, the queen is the one who ordered Santa to do that. He's like, she's like, hey, you should give all the naughty people coal. And then she commits as many atrocities as possible yeah, to get possible, tons of yeah. coal so that she can fuel the industrial Fuel revolution. her further atrocities. Yeah, exactly. And, and then later in life, uh, bef- right before she died, she was trying again to change it to gold. Oh, oh right. Yeah. But, yeah. People who are bad should get gold. It's so heavy. And- like it has no use it's like have you ever read the story about the have you ever read the story about the midas touch if you have too much gold that's bad and gold gold it serves no function it's literally a useless metal we don't have computers yet uh i hope santa doesn't give us all gold for being bad that would be the worst yeah he almost got away with it (laughs) anyway so yeah the reindeer crashes in and then doolittle uh saves the reindeer and gets them all fixed up. But unfortunately, not all the reindeer can make the flight back. Right. And, so they have to. the rest of the world. So they have to replace the reindeer. And who do they use? They, Doolittle says, uh, I have the perfect creature to help you get finish yeah. the rest of the way. And they use Plimpton and, and Yoshi. and They have everyone try to audition for it. And nobody's any good at it. And then what he does is he says, ah, now I know exactly who it should be. And Stubbins runs forward, and they hitch up Stubbins to the <laughs> sleigh. On Stubbins, on. That's good. That's good. I do like the idea of a Christmas special, and that's like one of the jokes in it. Is on Stubbins, on Yoshi, on Plimpton. They're pulling Doolittle's sleigh through the. Yeah, there's like reindeer games, and there's hijinks, and then at the end of the day, they even though they they don't they aren't entirely qualified they have to do it they don't have a choice and they deliver presents to everyone in puddle beyond the marsh at the start of it doolittle's being a real scrooge oh good christmas sucks but then he's visited by the ghost of lily and he uh john no you know what happens that was a good idea it just put me full circle i got two ones ones uh uh would be so John is like told to stay home by the ghost of Lily, you know, mm-hmm. like someone has to watch over the rest of the animals. And he said, I'm not doing that again. And he goes with him and, and it's him overcoming everything. The other one is he does stay home and the Santa sleigh crashes again and everyone dies. I thought you were going to say that uh, Doolittle kicks open his window and then he says, hey, boy, what day is it today? Uh, Stubbins looks up and he goes, it's Christmas Day. And then Doolittle goes, uh, boy, run down to the shop on the corner and buy the largest Turkraken that's on display. But Doolittle, those are up to two tons. Those are 14,000 pounds. I'll pay any price. No, like Doolittle, it's 14,000 pounds. Not money. It weighs that much. Money's no issue. I thought you were vegetarian. It's fish. Half of it's fish. <laughs> Half of it's fish. <laughs> it's good. And, okay, so uh, what's an animal that you'd put in the present movie that you think would represent? Um, well, I think a turkey is a good 
good choice because there's not really enough birds in the in Doolittle. It's just turkey really would be poly. good. It would also be a good North American animal representation as well. Mm. Gobble gobble. I don't know if that's such a good idea. That's all I got. Michael Clark Duncan playing a turkey. <laughs> Michael Clark Duncan playing the turkey from beyond the grave. Ooh. And then we could get that would do Thanksgiving and also Halloween because it's kind of scary. So Boss, I'm scared. Right? That's a good reference, right? Boss, I'm afraid. You know what I'm talking about? Uh I'm not positive. I've tried to reference the Green Mile. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he always calls uh Tom Hanks boss or some shit. It's it's in there somewhere. It is in there somewhere. Somewhere out there somebody really enjoyed that. Yeah. Or they really hated it because I'm very off. You got the quote wrong. Balrog. Balrog? A Balrog would be an interesting A Balrog would be an interesting creature to put in the movie. That's sort of a fun idea. Yeah, I like the Balrog being in it. Trying to think where the best place to put him would be. Probably whenever they go, whoa, a big cave. And they start walking through. Mm, Hey, guys. (laughs) The Mines of Moria. It's not a cave. It's a tomb. It's a cave troll. Right? That's the quote. It's not a cave. It's the cave troll. Right. Yeah, that's the quote. And it turns out they're inside of the cave troll. (laughs) They walked through. They went in the back way. Uh, Yeah, they (laughs) 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 The English came in through its mouth as it was snoring. And Doolittle and his company go in through the back way. My feathered friend. Well, uh, I don't know what else I really have, I'll be honest. Uh, Do you have anything non-Doolittle related to share? I have a couple of things. Let's hear Uh, So... As I was recovering from my vocal cord elongation surgery, right, I was stuck home and I watched a bunch of stuff. So the first recommendation is uh, anime show, and uh, don't don't come at me. It's good, okay. Joe, rec- friend of the pod, Joe recommended it. It's ping pong. Ping Frank, pong. you should you should watch it. I think you'd love it. Where's its uh, origin from? So it's uh it's from like 2014 or something. It's based on the manga called Ping Pong. That was like a 90s I think manga that apparently is super influential. I don't know a lot about that. It's a coming of age story and how Ping Pong is central to the characters like life and it kind of uses that to explore uh them growing up in a, in a sense. It, it rules so hard. Um, it's really fun to watch. The sound editing is incredible. Um, and the animation is really unique and cool. And I put off watching it uh, for so long. And then finally I saw it and I watched it. Five ping pong prodigies learn to navigate the harsh climate of competitive sport and even more frightening realm of self-realization. You should watch it. I think you'll really enjoy it. The uh the little trailer here that's playing on IMDb it looks the animation style is really cool and yeah. it also there was a shot a guy did between his legs it looked like yeah and uh it made me think of Polish Pong which is the best game ever so I think that there needs to be a ping pong remake called Polish Pong uh, I know how much you like movies and stuff like this and I think you'll like this show I think you should watch it 
I'll have to give it a little look. And then uh, movies I watched. So I finally watched The Blue Beetle. Okay, the Amazon one? Uh, Is that Amazon? H- it's still HBO. It's Time Warner still. Warner Bros. Was the TV show Blue Beetle? You're thinking of The Tick. I'm thinking of The Tick. You're right. It's, it's basically a Blue Beetle. Yeah, it anyway, is. Blue Beetle. It's um a DC movie. It's okay. It has the same issues that all of them do, where it's like, first of all, I think origin stories are not very good for the most part. If you're doing an origin for a movie, it's probably not going to be that good because they're just really hard to do. And you have to give characters enough motivations to do the things they're doing. And I don't feel like that's really in this movie. Uh, One thing that's good about this movie is it has a very, uh, the main family are Mexican and it has a very good core cast of that. The, The family interactions are great and it, like all that's great in it. It's just the actual superhero stuff is like, okay, it's fine. Uh, I enjoyed it, but it's definitely like it gets bogged down by big effects and stuff, which is an issue of all those movies. So it's like a lukewarm recommendation. If you like that sort of thing, I would watch it. It's... If you're I into honestly... George Lopez. Yeah, well, he's okay in it. He, I, I really didn't like him until like so towards the middle. And I'm like, well, he's still like, I like George Lopez though. But he wasn't very funny. And then. I kind of grew on his character a little bit. And the dad's really good in it, though. Uh, and the main bad guy is pretty good, too. Susan Sar- Sar- Sarandon, she's like the... She's not like the guy he fights against, but she's the main uh, villain. And she was horribly miscast. I really did not like her in this. So that, that, that and like the CG mess at the end are probably my biggest complaints. But otherwise pretty okay okay lukewarm and then the third movie i watched frank have you heard of a movie called leo leo i can't say i have from 2023 yeah this is a movie you should with watch adam with... sandler no not that one it's not a 74 year old lizard named leo and his turtle friend decide to escape from the terrarium of a florida school classroom where they have been living for decades so what's really funny is i thought about watching that one as well because i'm like i could talk about both leos and then i'm like i really don't think i can watch this <laughs> no this not great. that leo it's an indian movie it's uh tamil i think language i don't know if i'm saying that right leo from 2023 that's funny that these are both Leo from 2023. They both came out right now. Parthiban is a mild-mannered cafe owner in Kashmir who fends off a gang of murderous thugs and gains attention from a drug cartel claiming he was once part of them. What plot does that sound like? That sounds like... American movie. Um, a Canadian movie? It sounds like... Uh, starring Vigo Mortison. The Lord of the Rings. Uh, directed by Cronenberg history oh history of violence it does yeah that's because it is history of violence (laughs) that's pretty funny i can't really spoil it for you because you already know everything that happens in it for the most part yeah there's some unique takes on it though like the main character at the end he's kind of revealed to be a psychopath (laughs) 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 which is so it was so fucking bizarre to me 
the the key difference between this and the history of violence and is in a history of violence uh he admits who he is like kind of in the middle of the movie because there's no avoiding it he finally breaks down and tells his wife like i am this person Mm -hmm. um in this part the von party he never admits it ever until the very end when he admits it to a bad guy and there's like a montage of him acting like a psychopath that's pretty funny (laughs) fucking insane (laughs) otherwise it's an okay ball like uh I don't know. It's not Bollywood. It's not Tollywood. I don't know what it would be. Anyway, it was a pretty fun movie to watch. There's some parts that dragged, but for the most part, got my attention. And, and it's such a stupid fucking take on, on history of violence that kind of rules. Oh, at the very... So the movie opens, right? It opens with him. There's, there's a couple key differences. First of all, he's not just a mild-mannered cafe owner. He uh, is an animal rescuer. Oh, that's good. And he owns a fucking mansion. That's also good. At the in the very beginning, he he uh, a hyena is loose. In so the he's winter. sort of like a Doctor Doolittle. Yeah, kinda. It really fits in. A hyena is loose, and he like fights it, and then uh, seduces it with uh, like a trank dart, and like saves it from being killed. Because he's like, it's afraid. It's it, it's a wild animal. And then, more Doolittle influence, he befriends it and it becomes their in-house pet. That's really cool. And it does get, there is a callback to it. It's literally set up and paid off and it's so fucking stupid. I've ruined this movie for you if you ever watch it. Because I've spoiled everything good. I'm sorry. It's Okay. I do think this is a movie to watch with the boys. I think, I think it, it sounds a like blast. a good double feature movie with Leo and Leo. Yeah, Leo and Leo. <laughs> I agree. And then you could also watch Kate and Leopold as well. Yeah, but that wasn't released in 2023. Are there any movies called Kate? Because then you could watch Kate and then Kate and Leopold and then Leo. Yeah, that's good. good. That's good. I'm trying to think if I've done other things. I feel like I've, I've watched other things. I watched, I also have a lukewarm recommendation. I watched um, High Anxiety, the Mel Brooks movie from 1977, where he is parodying Hitchcock Hitchcock movies. It's fun. It's fine. It's silly. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's nothing special. It it works, but it's one of his worst movies. That's fair. From like that era. All of the title drops are kind of funny of Hitchcock yeah. movies. Like, <laughs> and like, there's silly things. Credit to Mel Brooks. He is he knows how to mimic styles really well. He's he's pretty good at at like shooting movies. Yeah, and there's a lot of good Hitchcock scenes in it that are like pretty great. Young Frankenstein still his best, but like you could see that he's a good uh, director. Like he knows how to make a movie look really good. Anyway, what else did you watch? Playoff soccer. Um, I watched The Gangster, The Cop, The Devil from 2019. What's, what's that? It was okay. It was, it's a... Um, Korean? Yeah, Korean gangster <laughs> movie. It. it was all right. The team up stuff of... Eh, it was okay. It, was, it wasn't that great, actually. Uh, it was... <laughs> 
It was terrible. It was yeah. awful. I hated it. I, I will say there's a couple movies I want to see right now, which has been rare. In theaters? Movies in theaters? In theaters, yeah. Like, I really want to see Silent Night. I'm really excited to see that one. And then I'm excited for Aquaman. I hope it's like the first one. Big and dumb and silly. Right, but it like the CG, it, it was never a CG slog, right? Uh, like, the last battle <clears throat> kind of. Well, no, because the last battle turns into the duel and the duel whips ass. There's a lot going on in that last battle. Yeah, there is. It's like there's suddenly this massive laser fight underwater. Yeah, and, that's fair. Which, I mean, I think is fun and stupid, and I liked it. But, but. I, I think the way it like kind of avoided it to me is because it, it gave me such Bahu Bali vibes. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, it really does build up the two characters, and you want to see them beat each other up. And I like the idea of, of like, characters just being, like, gods. Like, that's probably my be- favorite part of Bahubali is that all the main characters were gods and all the, like, side characters, supporting characters were kind of like that, too. Demigods, you might say. Yeah, demigods. It is fantastic. Uh, and that's Aquaman was, like, the movie that came closest to that for me in Hollywood. Anyway, what else have you been up to? Bundling up in the cold of December. Uh, played some more Risk of Rain. Everyone should buy that game. Played some more Risk of Rain. Beat Yoku's Island Express. So, would you would you recommend? And did you like Doolittle after the forty eighth week of watching it in a row? You know, because of like how we did last week and the week before, we haven't watched it in a while. It feels like it was and- the longest possible stretch between. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it this time. Not really enjoyed it. I just kind of enjoyed it. But for Doolittle, that's like rare, you know? (laughs) Uh So I did enjoy it and I always recommend it. I didn't enjoy it and I don't recommend it. And I definitely don't think anyone should ever do this. However, boy, you should watch your tongue. Maybe my tune will change because next week we're watching Doolittle and Doolittle 1967. That's next week? Oh, that's next shit. week. Yeah, I'm we excited. have We got a double feature next week. Okay, that sounds good. Dr. Doolittle is what it's called. Dr. Doolittle 1967. Okay. Here's yeah, a little I'm teaser ready. for you. It premiered in London on December 12th, 1967. Oh, Frank, is it too and late so to get my ticket? <laughs> It's too late to get your ticket. However, it's not too late on the uh, 76th, 76th. Did I do my math right? 2023 minus 1967. 56th. Ooh, I did not. Yeah, I was going to say. No, on, the, on the 56th. Is 56 right? That can't be right either. Why not? What year is it? It's 2023. <laughs> it's really How 56. long have you been in there? Wait. Oh, yeah, that is right. Okay. It's been 56 years since Dr. Doolittle premiered in London. All right. I'm excited. I don't know. What year is it? Arthur. Okay, Frank. I think it's time to close out. Four more weeks. Four more weeks. Holy shit. I thought it was 10 more weeks. Four more you weeks. sure? I don't want to fight you. Jab, jab cross. All right, goodbye. Goodbye.